This is Comic Picks by the Glick. Yeah, I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hey, Jason, what's going on, man? Hey, John. Well, like tonight's subject is something that you know we haven't actually gone back to in a while, even though we've talked about like lots of times in the past. Yeah, and this is Star Wars. Oh yeah, I like Star Wars a little bit. Yeah, yeah. In fact. (laughs) Yes, I think we've we've been talking a lot about you know what Boba Fett has been up to. It's like on his um current on his um recent Disney Plus series, right? Absolutely. Yeah, what he is or isn't doing. Exactly. Like, but <laughs> yeah, but um, like with uh with Fett, I mean, it's like he's always been like a big big cult cult character in Star like in like in the Star War, Star Wars mythos. Like someone who like who's kind of a man, man of mystery or like a ruthless bounty hunter who always gets his man, and you know he finally got his time in the starlight spotlight, um, such as it is with the book of Boba Fett, you know to a certain extent really. It means like when it's one thing to have your, your name in the title card of the show, it's another to have your um, have the spotlight in the show stolen from someone from someone who is in a got a completely different show than you. Wink, wink. But um, Fett. Is also a big player in um, the current round of Star Wars comics because, well, I've talked a lot about that. What Marvel has done, it's like in, it's like in you know, assuming license, like license Star Wars comics. You know, back when they were telling stories like you know in the post New Hope era, well, things have changed now because they've since relaunched the entire line and now things have moved forward to the post Empire Strikes Back era. So. And you know, while some things haven't changed, because I mean, we've still got like a uh, like a Star Wars book that's focused on on Luke, Leia, Chewie, C three PO, R two D two, and now Lando Calrissian. It's like there's also a new um, Darth Vader series. It's like, and and we've also got another Dark Doctor Aphra series in the off, like I'm running as well, as well as a Bounty Hunter series, which is a um, technically like a solo spotlight series for um, one. Bounty Hunter from the uh, old Marvel, old '80s um, Star Wars Marvel comic days of um, Baylor Valance. That's something I'll talk about in a bit. But basically, it's like this is a like a new, like a new era for for Star Wars storytelling. But you know, at the same time though, it's like yeah, you know, like there's like with all these titles going like I'm um, going on. There's all one thing you can count on, and that's there's going to be a crossover. And that's what we have here with War of the Bounty Hunters. And it's masterminded by um, by frequent um, star, um, star Wars contributor um, Charles Soule, who, like longtime readers will know, um, not has not, not only wrote, written um, the uh, Poe Dameron ongoing series, but the second, surprisingly entertaining, um, Darth, Darth Vader series, it's like, as well as the um, Lando Calrissian and um, Obi-Wan and Anakin. Um, like series, given um Soul's involvement in the franchise, it's like it, it made it only made sense that at some point he was going to be offered the big brass ring of writing the main Star Wars title himself, which he she is, as well as he's also being a contributor to the uh, High Republic um, brain trust storytelling like um collective as well. But also War of the Bounty Hunters is also um basically his well he something he's spearheading as well. Because it's um, basically the story of what happened to Boba Fett after he um, after he um, 
frantic um, Han Solo in Carbonite to Jabba. So, because you know, hey, he, Jabba had that bounty on Solo, and that and that his um, favorite bounty hunter was going to deliver. Problem is that you know, like it's never just a straight line from point A to point B in the Star Wars universe, especially in this case when you've got a crossover riding on you. So here we have the because uh, the way the uh, main the spine of this of this event, and if you're only going to buy one thing from this, well, assuming you're not all already invested in the uh, like ongoing like like uh, titles like I am, then you just need to buy the War of the Bounty Hunters um, miniseries, which is basically a Boba like a Boba Fett showcase, because the uh, it's it's six issues, with the uh, first being an alpha issue. Um, illustrated by the great Steve McNiven. And um, he's bringing his his very detailed um, Barry Windsor Smith inspired, inspired style that he started in um, like the Return of Wolverine like, to this. And it's it's gorgeous. You know, even when in scenes where it's just like, you know, Fett um, talking to um, Bib Fortune and telling him, yeah, Soul's on his way. And realizing that, oh, crap, the uh, Carbonite Matrix um, that, that, um, that um, Solo was frozen into is starting to disintegrate. So he's got to make a, a trip to uh, to the Smuggler's Moon of Narshada to um, talk to a guy, to a guy he knows about um, fixing it. Problem is, Fett doesn't have the credits on him, so he's got to um, fight fight some rounds in the arena um, while posing as a uh, another Mandalorian in all black, calling himself Django. He does, of course. And, you know, just, and, like, you know, just getting enough credits in order to, like, you know, like make things um to make things right problem is that uh you know and is that um by the time he gets back to um his his guy with the with, with the credits um solo is gone and he's telling java it's gonna be a minute and well this is uh this, i mean like this the first the first um issue like i said it's a it's a good setup and a Benefits greatly from McDevin's like incredibly de detailed art. I mean, I wish he could have like drawn the whole thing, but um, it's like because the thing is that um, while I like um, the artists um, who pick up from him, um, Luke Ross in the first couple of issues, and then he's joined by David Messina in the in the back in the last couple, like they're not quite on the same level as bringing like the uh, impressively cinematic levels of detail that McDevin does. But uh, the thing with, but the thing with like the uh, the rest of the series is basically all about like the uh, the organization that um, that stole um, like Solo's car like um, Solo and Carbonite from from Fed and the reasons why they're doing this. Now I'm not sure if I want to give away you know, this organization, but at the same time, it's been like close to six months since uh, like um, this was revealed. But basically. Who here has seen Solo? Raise your hands. Okay. Yeah, it's like not a whole lot. Well, the thing is, um, like, uh, Solo has basically, like, looked, saw the movie, and like me, it's like, he liked it. It's like, and in fact, he looked at this and like, hey, you know what? Like, because no one really liked, because the general public didn't really like Solo, I think I can probably bring in a whole bunch of stuff from that movie in order into this miniseries and or to surprise everyone by the fact that whoa man solo is like more important to like the current star wars canon than i had, had expected so not giving too much away yeah 
solo oh very important to this to this mini series and you're probably going to go out and want to watch it now in fact you should go out and watch it because it's not nearly as bad as its reputation would suggest heck it's actually pretty good like and i'm sure john has some thoughts about this that he'll want to chime in on at the end at the end as well but basically war of the bounty hunters like the core miniseries is basically boba fett's no good very bad day as he has to go up against this organization that has that has solo and in order to get him back to um appease java java who is really not happy about this because he's also put out a bounty on on fett because he believes that that fett actually went and sold solo to this other organization so yeah it's it's especially like a series a mini series like it's generally all about fett finding himself at a disadvantage but also um finding ways to like to out outsmart or out outfight all the people like who are like uh, that he that he meets and um these this includes this includes like every one of the current um like all the people who are have currently have their own like star wars um like series like he basically he basically meets up with um doc with dr afra and her and her ex son staros in order to like hopefully try and set up a distraction during during the auction that's going on only to be fooled when he runs into um leia chewbacca and and lando it's like oh but they also but things also take a turn when vader shows up at the auction and starts fighting the leader of this organization and um wants to use um solo as bait in order to like um stage get into a fight with um like luke skywalker so he can finally um bring his son into line with with his own ambitions it's like oh but then there's also um like Baylor valance cyborg um bounty hunter who like who was used to be friends with solo um back in his in their imperial academy days but now um wants to like, do a solid for his friend who once did a solid for him it's like like way back way back in the day so so like basically this mini series it's like basically the spine of the story here and while the uh, there are like bits of the um in the others in other series that will that basically like expand on like certain scenes in here like if you're wondering it's like you know just what was going on with like um vader and luke's um x-wing fight well that's expounded upon in both the darth vader and the star wars on um, tie like tie-in issues as well and also like the uh it's like with um it's like with the uh concussive blast that knocks out the uh, millennium falcon as well it's like there's like so there's a lot of stuff that you can that ex, that expands upon it but it's not really necessary reading basically war of the bond hunters is basically all about you know fet you know it's like dealing with all of the, the main challenges that that he that he encounters over the course of this this mini series and uh well it's like you know how um how things turned out because well i'm assuming that everyone here has seen um return of the jedi so you know how it goes but i do think that um it's that's it's a solid um like story solid, that's um like tenacity and creativity it's like even if i um i think that like a lot of some of the surprises were probably like were, were more towards the front of the series like particularly in spotlighting its involvement its involvement with solo as opposed to the rest of the series because you know like but it's like well i I generally tend to like Soul's work as a writer. I've described him in the past as ruthlessly competent. 
and says that he'll do a he can do a story that you know makes sense and like you're like hey you know like i understand like you know all the logic of this and it, like it flows together perfectly does it actually surprise some parts well not really i mean there are some parts like in this like he's a he's a writer who can count like to uh deliver like you know satisfying stories maybe not stories that generally surprise me like it's telling that like some of his best stuff is just heard in the margins such as the uh future's end story that capped off his run on swamp thing in, in the dc in, in the dc universe and also like his uh he did like five volumes of like um Poe Dameron solo series, but the best part about that series was the Imperial Intelligence Officer Terex, who um was at one point foil and at one point tragic counterpart to uh the main character, which um you know, hey, you figure like you know Poe Dameron would be the most interesting story character in his own series, but you know, that wasn't quite the case. Or the bounty hunters, you know, pretty pretty entertaining, but it's more of like a solid showcase. It's a solid showcase for Fed, but I wouldn't say it's like like something that I would say that hey, you know what? If you need, if you want to start reading Star Wars comics and Marvel, this is what you need to start with. No, the uh, the the bar is still on Tyrion Garland's um, Darth Vader series. So there you go. But this one, no, not too bad. Um, also, not too bad is um, um, Greg Pak's um, Darth Vader um, tie-in issues. Especially we're all in the tie-in issue um, um, stuff from here on out. And the problem, I will say that all these have like certain problems. Basically the fact that if you haven't read the main miniseries, there are certain story beats that you're going to miss um, with, uh, like if you only read the, the tie-in the tie issues. Um, some, of, like, some of the writers do their best to accompany for that. I think that Dr. Afer does probably the best in that in that regard but darth vader it's like it's still reasonably solid in fact it picks up directly from the uh, second volume where um vader like once again learned his place in um, relation to the emperor's power and also picked up an interesting sidekick in ochi of Bastoon. he's an assassin who um well it's like he's kind of good at what he does but at the same time he realizes that um oh um vader is the uh is the boss of me right here so he's basically like someone who's like he's got skills but he's also like craven and um sniveling enough to realize to basically like you know, acknowledge that hey you know it's like um i'm behind you vader all the time as long as you realize that you're the best and it's it's fun seeing um pack pack play that up play that up here and also just um how um how he puts vader through the uh the pieces in terms of like realizing that oh well like this new organization well like th there's a new threat here and vader is like kind of on the back foot about finding out just you know what their what their skills are like and what exactly what they their their range of power he here is like, and it also ties into his connection with the uh, huts specifically on boku who is basically like you know like java's um it's like you know rival like in in the hut syndicate like, but um, Vader also has his plans for him. But the thing is, like, Boku is also serving two masters, and that's not definitely not a position you want to be in when it comes to like you know facing off against a Dark Lord and the Sith. It's like, um, and there's also um, Administrator Moore, or rather Sub Administrator Moore, 
when it's revealed, you know, like that their their plans are like for dealing with Vader because they realize um, more realizes that you know um, it's basically all about supporting the Emperor, and they don't believe that um, that Vader is the best um, candidate for doing that. So they've got their own um, 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 contingent of power that they want to they're trying to like secure in order to like fight against Vader. Problem is our own Darth Lord realizes that. And um, so does Ochi of Mistoon. So this series, this, these tiny issues are all, all about that. But at the same time, it's like, it doesn't quite cohere into like a, a, a fully solid story. I mean, you get the general idea of what, what he was, what he wants to do in terms of like recognizing what um, Venture War was trying to do. Um, and also just, you know, what, you know, what Vader like, um, was being directed to do in, in terms of this, in terms of this arc, especially like the bits at the end when um, he's ordered by Emperor Palpatine to subdue the Huts as opposed to outright destroy them. So it's, on one hand, it's like, it's still, it's not as good as the previous volume. It's basically did a good job of showing Vader struggling, you know, against a uh, power that he was superior to, arguably superior to his own. But um, like, and it also doesn't doesn't have the same um, weaknesses in the sense that uh, you know, because Pack is like over these the previous two volumes, he's had this like weakness where like he's just like you know citing to the text of the the movies, both the uh, original trilogy and the prequels, in order to just, like you know support his interpretation of Vader's actions. He hasn't quite um, succumbed to that to the degree of. As he does in the previous two volumes, but it's still kind of like there. But at the same time, it's kind of like it's not as bad as the first one, yet um, not as quite as good as the second one. So it's a it's a decent enough volume, but not something you're going to want to read if you're not invested in it, in it already. Um, and in fact, the same um, can be said of um, like um, Doc, Dr. Afra tie-in issues for this for this volume as well. Because while the second volume of Afra did a good job in setting up all the uh, all the characters of this like like of the series um, like for the uh, like let's see for these um, bounty hunter tie-in issues it's like it's I don't think it didn't quite have the same um, like like energy or focus as 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 the second volume did because basically uh, like Afra has been um, like cast with them um, fine. With um, finding out what um, one of um, Dominatage's um, like cousins has been up has been up to, problem is when, when she gets there, she finds out that not only have they been like uh, like eaten by partially eaten by aliens, there's also like a big old bounty hunter who's got his own plans for the uh, like for the situation as well. So, uh. But the thing is, like once when she gets there, she finds out that he was also given an invitation to the uh, big, um, uh, it, like um, big solo and carbonite auction this organization has had planned. It's like I just want to say I'm proud of myself for not giving away the name of this organization yet. I mean, this podcast isn't over yet, so there's still time that I could. But you know, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But um, Afra. Um, so, so Afra and um, Samus and her, and her ex Samasaros had basically decided to uh, go and uh, to get attend to this gathering. Problem is that um, Afra's um, qu- like um, new frenemy for this 
aspect to the series, um, Just Lucky and his uh, buddy um, Ariole uh, are also headed there because it turns out that one of the uh, like key figures in the, in the crime scene that they're, they're part of, the Sixth Kin, has also decided to defect this organization. And now they're, they're, they've been ordered to take, take this guy out. Well, it's like, you know, stuff, stuff happens. Um, Afra is um, almost press ganged into um, helping out um, Boba Fett. She has a panic attack when um, Vader shows up, and her plan to uh, rob the uh, it's like the uh, the, the, sh the head um, sh like a ship of this organization goes goes badly. But you know, it's like they but she eventually manages to get like to uh, get get free along with her friends, and they're going to try and rob things only for uh, like for things things to go bad badly and um they encounter one of the organization's big, big assassins but Afra gets her hands on like a, an ancient sith artifact of incredible power and um before it can um completely overwhelm her she manages to get get everyone out but also before just like completely screwing over i'm just lucky and just and um Ariole because hey she's still bitter about how he um left like like i'm um, left left her to die in the first in the first volume the uh, this this uh, third volume of um, Doctor Ephraim um, does uh, continue the the uh, like like the fun antiquariness that um, second volume offered, which I think was I think was a great surprise because after the first volume felt like a real ticking of boxes by new writer Alyssa Wong, um, she uh, really quits herself uh, much. She quitted herself much better in the second like in the second volume, and this. Third volume like isn't quite on the same level, but it's still got um like so, like a lot of like a lot of fun moments here, and especially at the end when Afer realizes that oh wow this organization has got their hands into everything, oh and um well she doesn't realize this we also realize that maybe that ancient Sith artifact that she used well it may actually have its hooks in her a lot deeper than she initially realized so there's that it's I. I feel I feel good about this this volume's feature, and I even have some more to say about about its feature as well because turns out one of the tie-in issues has some like um, also has some like some some real connections to the series as well. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if you see the Boosh um, tie-in collected in volume four. In fact, you should see it because it seems like it's going to be like really important. More on that later because. Next up is the third volume of Star Wars proper. That's also by um, Charles Soule because, you know, like the guy's showing the years that he can write like write really fast, write a whole lot, but also maintain a relative standard of quality as well. So, um, in case you're wondering, like, do you need to read um, his issues of Star Wars like along along with War of the Bounty Hunters? Well, like I said, it's like it's not. Not so much that you do, but like just the fact that like there's a lot of beats in each um, series that you know, like, that are expanded upon in the uh, like in the main miniseries. This one, well, it's like I don't know. It's it's it's, like, it's got a lot of solid stuff. I mean, the first first issue basically um, spotlights uh, like I'm um, Kes um, Dameron. I'm talking about how he met his wife Shara Bay. And how, um, like you know, she's still stuck on the uh, stuck on the Star Destroyer that she was that they were lost that um, she got stuck on in the pre in the previous volume. 
and then also how um luke is um like goes with chewbacca c3po and r2d2 to uh narasada to follow up on that sighting of boba fett from from the alpha issue of war of the bounty hunters after that it's a lot about um like um everyone just trying to figure out okay well we know where soul is being auctioned off and we're going to like, try and figure out just how we can get how we can get there it's just like Leia realizing that she's got to put her faith in the land of Calrissian to uh like to like to get get her like, involved in, in this auction the thing is while Luke also has to deal with um like some Starlight Squadron business before he can join them it's like in the it's like in the in the auction as well so there's so yeah there is a lot of stuff here that's connect that's connected to the like to the main miniseries but I wouldn't say it's like necessary that you read um either or both. Like I said, it certainly helps, but you know it's not necessary. Like it's you know, what's here is is pretty solid, but I can't say it's any better or worse than um, what I've been reading from from Soul over the course course of the previous two volumes. It's solid. It's solid, entertaining stuff, but it's not a lot of like you know surprises or anything else. I will say that. The final issue is interesting in the sense that, you know, we've got the leader of this organization on um, coming face to face with Leia, which is interesting because, hey, you know, they both love the same man. And Soul um, tries to, you know, like square that like in the terms of like overall stores continuity. That's, and that's nice. Nice. In fact, like, listen, one thing I like about this series is that the continuity between all of the various um like ongoing series and the uh, main to the main title you know flows pretty it flows pretty well there aren't any like real contradictions where i thought that hey you know this doesn't make sense this this doesn't um like like this, this happened in this series and like but it doesn't happen here so yeah it's like kudos to all the writers like for coordinating that but at the same time you know like i said i can't say that there's like lots of surprises like here and that also goes for the uh, other, the last series I'm talking about, and that's um, Bounty Hunters. Because uh, let me tell you about this: um, uh, War of the Bounty Hunters, um, Star Wars, Doctor Aphra, and Darth Vader. Well, I'm all buying in physical volumes. Bounty Hunters, I just read as it comes out on Marvel Unlimited, because I thought that, well, gee, you know, it's like you're doing a series about Baylor Valance, like the uh, cyborg tryhard of star wars okay well and it's written by ethan sachs this guy who's done you know okay but not great um like series yeah i think i don't need to pay money for that at least any money that i pay as far as maintaining my um my marvel limited subscription and that's true here because uh, the thing is i mean i haven't i know i haven't written about um dante hunters like on on the blog but this is it's basically the Baylord Valance series, and um, he's basically the, a, a cyborg. He was—he wasn't initially a cyborg. He was initially like a uh, like hot, haughty, um, it's like uh, entrant into the Imperial Academy, who just like don't believe he was destined for greatness. But um, things didn't work out that way, that way for him, and he was. It's like, and he was eventually he was shot down, and um, had to have um, certain have some some of his fleshy bits um, re 
um, reworked as as mechanical. Um, Solo saved him from being from being killed outright when he was shot down, but um, Valance just you know like always harbored a certain resentment against that. Even though he eventually came to realize that you know hey it's like you know Solo saved me. It's like so I want, and that's kind of the uh, the feeling he's he's harboring here when he finds out that Solo is being you know put up for auction by this this organization. So once he once um, he and Dengar. Dengar from one of the bounty hunters from, from Return of the Jedi, excuse me, Empire Strikes Back. Um, like find once Dengar finds out, you know where um, like Solo's like um Solo's being um held. Well, like he basically hooks, it's forced to hook up with him, and um they they go to Narshada in order to uh, order to try and try and rescue him. Things go badly because not only does he meet up with um like Chewbacca. And um, C3PO and R2D2, who are you know trying to, uh, this is like before the uh, Star Wars um, tie-in issues. Like it makes sense actually. It's like if you read, if you read them in the recommended reading order, which is on Marvel Unlimited. But hey, you know, I don't say you have to, but there is a recommended reading order for these things. But um, but the thing is, like so, so like he, like, as uh, Valence is trying to convince the. Uh, like people who should be his friends, that he's actually that he is actually their friends. Well, he also gets encounters with one of the assassins for this organization known as Death Stick. So half of his um arc is basically like dealing with is is I'm um, working with Dengar. It's like and I'm trying to avoid this assassin Death Stick, and the other half is you know dealing with Boba Fett. It's like because once I finally get to the the uh, planet where the auction is being held, well. Turns out that um, Valance is just in time for the Imperials to uh, to have taken Solo into possession and taken off to the to the Executor, the Super Star Destroyer. And um, but thing is that um, Fett, well, he's got a plan to get Solo back at this point, and Valance is just kind of like, fine. It's like I don't trust you, Fett, but I'm gonna like, but since you're my only choice, I'm gonna go along with that. Now, let me talk about my problems with Valance because. On one hand, it's like you know, a it's like like a like a cyborg bounty hunter. You know, that sounds you know pretty cool because you know I am that kind of guy, I guess. But at the same time, um, Valence has always struck me as kind of like, like a tryhard in the way he's been portrayed. It's like you know, the writers who have written it with them, I think Robbie Thompson and right now Ethan Sex, basically just trying to present him as that kind of the grizzled. It's like you know, like, like I'm bitter, bitterly sarcastic kind of guy who's just like always his back is always against the wall, but he's always like you know in the fight in order to like get out, get out of the situation he's he's stuck in. And you know what? That that's never flown with me. Like I look at what um, the situation that, that Valance always finds himself in. It's like, good lord, it's just like the worst luck. It's like in like the universe. I mean. Just, he's just kind of like, like the hard luck hero. He's kind of like Spider Man. He should be written like Spider Man in the sense that you know he's just like dealing with like like all these bad, awful things that happened to him. But he's got like you know this kind of like, like sense of humor about these things. I mean, I don't think he should be Spider Man. If anything, he's more like Bruce Campbell. Like this is the role that needs Bruce Campbell more than Bruce Campbell needs it. 
really. Because we just need someone who is just like, you know, like has a, has a fun, sarcastic um, like take on that, you know, all the awful stuff that happens to him. But at the same time, you know, what we're actually getting is just someone who's just, who, who the writers just kind of realize like, oh, it's like bad things happen to him, but he just continually tries to do the right thing. That makes him cool, right, kids? No, no, it does not. But just it just it just feels kind of like straightforward and, and unsurprising. That being said, um, yeah, it's like I none of the uh, like the issues of bounty of bounty hunters made me like want to like start reading this in physical form. That being said, uh, the final issue tie-in for this for the War of the Bounty Hunters, we find out that oh well Valence has a uh change in status quo, but will it result in anything interesting? Yeah, I don't know about that. But I will keep reading it on Marvel Unlimited. So yeah, I am going to keep reading Bounty Hunters for free for a certain difference of the term on Marvel Unlimited. If you've Got Marvel Limited 2, then sure, go ahead and check it out at some point. Not saying you have to, but it's there if you want it. So, but hey, you know what? Because this is a major Star Wars event, that is not all that um that this series that that we've got to offer here. Because um, well, there are also tie-ins, lots of well. I would say lots of other times. No, there are there are really there are only four. There was like Jump there's Jump of the Hut issue. There was um Zuckus and four LOM. There was um Boosh, and there was also um IG88. Uh if you're going to read any of them, then the only ones you would really need to check out are the Jump of the Hut um tie-in and Boosh. Um, Boosh specifically, if you're reading um, Dr. Afer as well, because that is being written by um, Dr. Afer writer, writer Alyssa Wong. And I get the feeling that the events of that issue are going to be um, pertinent to Dr. Afer at some point. Because, well, it's basically um, talking about the bounty hunter Boosh. If you're wondering, who's Boosh? Man, it's like, why do I even need to care about this guy? Well, for you Star Wars fans, Boosh is the name of the bounty hunter whose identity Leia, um, Leia assumed in order to infiltrate Jabba's palace in Return of the Jedi. So there, there you go. But if you're wondering about what this bounty hunter was like before Leia went and assumed his identity, well, it turns out that he was that he was in a Umban, and um, and he and um, it's like it he or or they really we don't actually know their gender. It's like are it's like um we're basically like uh, um exiles from like from from their like from their planet for like for crimes um that was that they were um deemed to have commit, been committed by the planet's ruling body um bush and the, the and their friends are all you know working together like, and they've got a good you know solid family um co- um like a compact between them Right up to the point that the organization that's been masterminding the events of this um, event basically tell them that they want um, the Tage family um, eliminated, and they've also got like um, like information on when all all 
all the members of the Tiger family are going to be together so they can take them out. Chief among them being Dominatage, who is the uh, leader, leader of the collective. And yeah, hey, if you're paying attention, like she's also basically um, Afra's master, like at this point in time. So while like the uh, so while this mini series is basically about the uh, the family ties that bind um, Bush and their it's like and their fellow exilees, well, it's also about um, Domina and her family, and also just showing showing us the reader you know what the rest of her family are like back at this time, and well. Without giving too much away, um, Domina is um, is much more clever and well. She's exactly as clever and resourceful as we have um, assume, like we would assume her to be. And um, so, by the, when we get to the end of the uh, issue, and we real and we see that her that she's basically you know, dictating terms to um, the, her attackers, well, it's not all that surprising. It's like, and basically, it's I'm. I'm interested in seeing like you know how this is going to work out for future issues of Dr. Afra. In fact, I would not be surprised if this issue was included in volume four of Dr. Afra. It also features um some nice art from David Baldeon, who, you know, no, no discredit to Aminky um, Young, who um does the art for most of um Dr. Afra. I gotta admit that Baldeon is like pretty solid. I wouldn't and I wouldn't mind him, you know, like like completing if he continuing the series full time, because now he seems to be able to do do a book a month. In fact, like the art for the series is for all these series is pretty pretty solid. Just to uh, like that digress a bit. Um, Star Wars had um, Ramon Rosanas for all seven ish, seven issues, and uh, if he's like not especially flashy, he's quite good with having the storytelling. Um, like I said, Amiku Young is um, pretty good with like overall like the detail and the storytelling with Doctor Afra and Federico Sabatina does a decent job with the. Uh, like the villain issue, even if he's probably just a bit more, I think a bit more um, comic than I expect. And um, the Darth Vader stuff, um, after an issue, an issue featuring some solid villain work from Guy Villanova, like it turns back to regular artist Rafael and Ainko. It's like it's like you know pretty good work there as well. Again, like only the main series um, suffers because man, like you know Steve McDivin is a great great artist and um, anyone else that you uh, put up against him like is gonna like kind of suffer but at the same time i realize that mcniven is basically he's not a book a month guy no he is not so um luke ross and david messina do do deserve credit for being able to uh like to, do, to deliver the rest of the mini series like in a timely fashion um but getting back to the one shots um the job of the hut um issue was also important because it introduces a uh like another bounty hunter um deva lompop who apparently like she's she's in debt to java for very specific reasons reasons that we uh don't find out here it's like um according to writer justina ireland it's like but it, it's a kind of debt that basically um can't be paid off like in straightforward terms like no matter what she does, it seems that Java is always going to be able to call in, like on her marker. Especially in this case, when uh, when he finds out that um, one of his um, like the, the one of the subordinates has gone rogue, it's like, and uh, he also needs to have her team up with Boba Fett in order to take, take this guy in. And in fact, um, that's the uh, 
flashback sequence, the present day sequence, basically involves her um, finding out what Fett was up to on on Narshada, and basically, you know, leading up leading up to the fact that leading up to um, like um, Java um, declaring the bounty on like on Fett. So, in terms of like actual relevance to the uh, like to the mini the mini series, like then yeah, um, Java the Hut and um, and um, Bush are like are well like other ones you want to read. As far as like the uh, Zuckus and four lo- four LOM and IG eighty eight um, mini series, IG eighty eight is mainly mainly has a lot of ties to the the Darth Vader tie in issues where um, Vader faced off against him to very bad effects for uh, like for IG eighty eight, and um, it's kind of and basically like it's basically a whole issue of like that. Well, it's half of an issue of IG eighty eight being repaired by ambitious um cyber t- cyber repairmen and half of the issue um basically the ig trying to figure out well, what does he want to do even after he's realized rationalized himself to being one of the best bounty handers in the business it's all right it's written by ronnie barnes who also did um Philadelphia, which was an okay series that didn't quite live up to its potential for me. In fact, I think both of its volumes are still sitting in my two-cell pile, which has to be sold by the time you're listening to this. But um, but overall, it's like it's not something you, even though it takes place like close to the end of the miniseries of the event series, it's something you're gonna want to ch- check out. It's something that's really important to the overall story. Same goes for um, Zuckus and Four LOM, which. It's probably the closest the series comes to having an actual continuity issue, in the sense that as you would assume that um, that after that after um Boba Fett's encounter with Zuckus and Four LOM in the first issue of War of the Bounty Hunters, he uh, he he flew to Tatooine, threw, chucked chucked um Four LOM's head in the sand, then Four LOM LOM's head was rescued by a. Uh, like by a member of the syndicate who had a um, grudge against um, Zuckus and Four LOM, and um, then he t- turned um, Four LOM into a killing machine that was meant to um, take out Zuckus. It, it requires a lot of goodwill in order to like assume that that stuff works. It's like, and well, the series, like I said, I, I believe the series does have like a lot of good, solid, really solid continuity management to it. This is the part where it's just kind of like, whoa, man, it's like you kind of like you're kind of pushing things here. And it does have some some fun dark humor, in the sense that you know, like Zuckus has um, is looking for some companionship as he heads into a bar to drown in sorrows, and one of the uh, uh, one of the monkey aliens is just all about you know cutting off limbs and all. So I guess he hears um, like um, Zuckus's tale. It's not bad, but I read this for free on Marvel Unlimited, so there you go. And you know that's. That's it. That is the end of that's everything that was written for the series. And like I said, if for those of you who aren't invested in um, the current state of Star Wars and you just want to know, like, hey, you know, what's this War of the Bounty Hunters about? You know, hey, why is um like how is Boba Fett like you know, so relevant to it? Check out the uh, like the main like um like um War of the Bounty Hunters um, mini series. It's fun. It's fun. It's solid. I wouldn't say it's like a relatively um, 
portrait of like of the bounty hunter. But you know, it's like it's like, but it's it's a good solid tale. It basically, shows you his resourcefulness and ruthlessness. It's like, and it's probably a good deal more focused than um than his TV series actually. It does not, however, feature him running a rancor in order to um, subjugate his enemies. So it's got that going against. Um, no, she don't want that spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm just I'm just throwing out hypotheticals here, man. You know, <laughs> yeah. But, but as far as the, but as far as like the other series, all the other Titan issues go, um, they're like I said, they're they're fine, they're good. You're not gonna want you're gonna want to keep reading these. But I will say, you're fine. Well, also like pick up the main issues because there's also like lots of story beats like, included in there that will make them uh, more more coherent and all. Yep. But yeah, it's like I. Uh, as far as like Boba Fett stories go, I don't know. It's like this one, like I think that Boba Fett maybe does he work better as a solid bounty hunter, you know, just like going after his target rather than a uh, rather than like a guy trying to transcend his limits and um, be a uh, a crime lord to uh, like to a, like a certain city and all. Guess a little time will tell. Yes, yes, it will. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's like I, if anything, is like I, I kind of, I kind of like reading. I think that this kind of story kind of has like, like more potential for, it's like for for the character. Even though it's like, I'm, I wonder is you know, where where do you go after you just like you know, set up roots, and I'm like you know what are you gonna do here from now on, especially if you know what you're doing. Was just kind of like you know more more violent and unfocused than anything else. I don't know. That this is me. What about you, John? Good questions to ask. I don't know either. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll just have to sit and wait. So, do you know what you're going to be talking about next time? Uh, next time, I think I'm going to be talking about um, werewolves and um, werewolves as um, it's like as moonshiners. Just thinking the series Moonshine. By um, Brian Azzarello and um, Eduardo Arisso. It's another image series that wrapped up right up a little while ago that I've got and I want to talk about for a little while. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, that sounds interesting. All right. Well, hey, we'll catch you next time on Common Picks by the Glick. All right. Later, everyone.